Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got some news to hit on in the front half of the show. We've also got a little bit of spring football to touch on. We'll talk about some young guys that stood up now that spring football has um, wrapped up. Um, we'll have a full um, spring football kind of recap and uh, some grade-type episodes later in the week, but Today, of course, we'll focus mainly on the NFL draft. Those were enough uh, content in both of those. We felt they could do separate episodes, so we'll do um, some spring football recap and, and round up a little bit later in the week. But today we'll focus primarily on the draft, talk about the, the fits for each guys, um, you know, the three guys that were drafted, and, of course, the unsigned or the undrafted free agents that signed with their respective teams. So plenty to get to on that front. I think there's some interesting destinations for a lot of these guys. I'm excited to see what they can do at the next level. So we'll touch on everything NFL draft related there. Matt, how are you today? I'm doing great. Yeah, it was it was fun to see a lot of those guys land and, and kind of meet their future. You know, just a lot of it is up in the air. You, some of these guys that are un, undrafted, they kind of get a, a little bit of a pick because if especially if people are multiple teams are vying for your services, but but if you're getting drafted, it's it's just more you're thrown into that, and you got to hope it's a good situation. Overall, it seems like all three of the guys who got drafted um, have pretty nice fits, and it, where they ended up makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I think I'm a. I, I think all of them are are going to have a, a good chance to compete um, for a roster spot, and, and hopefully can uh, make an impact at their level. I think we'll get into it a little bit more, but yeah, I think the fit for a lot of them is going to be really good. And, and hopefully they can make an impact at this next level. So excited to talk and kind of recap um, some of that because I know it's been a few days. And, and, of course, last week we only had the one episode. It'll be good to kind of talk all that out. But before we get to that, we'll, we'll hit on some news. Um, the first one, kind of a surprise a little bit, uh, inside linebacker Malik Reed announced or, or is in the transfer portal uh, for this upcoming season. Of course, uh, a highly um, touted prospect that, that of course, Wisconsin fans probably already know the name and paid a lot of attention to um, when he was coming out of high school. It seemed like he was a kid that was going to be a guy that, that made an impact and, and maybe got onto the field this year. Clearly that wasn't the case maybe inside the locker room or he didn't feel it was the case or maybe there's something more going on in that situation. But uh, unfortunate news for the Badgers, certainly a talented player that is going to be heading elsewhere. But um, on the same side of that knife, maybe it's a situation where you've got other players of that inside linebacker room that are making an impact, and, and maybe Malik Reed didn't see as much of a path to the field um, as, as maybe he once originally thought. But what did you make of that situation? Because I think that, that whole transfer announcement kind of came out of left field and, and kind of got lost a little bit in the NFL draft shuffle, but certainly significant for the Badgers. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, that it was lost kind of in the shuffle, because it, it is a, a major thing. Um, he, he was a high mid to high three-star kid, according to most services, and, and he was a thumper. He, he could really lay the wood when he was going for a hit, and it seems like there's other things going on. Maybe he's a little homesick. 
Um, maybe he wants a, a, a little easier shot to somewhere on the depth chart. But but overall, you look at it, and um, when I was kind of writing it up this weekend, if you look at the complexion of the defense, if you can probably stomach losing uh, a player from a position, it's inside linebacker just because of the sheer volume of guys they have coming in and the young bodies that they have. I mean, you've got Muma Jungmeta at inside linebacker who who was making nice gains after missing a good chunk of last season. Um, and he's just a redshirt sophomore, or however you want to delineate it now with with uh, all of the different waiver exemptions going on. Jordan Turner is still there. And then you've got four true freshmen who are who are either on campus like Jake Cheney right now or or um, going to be on campus this, this fall with Brian Sanborn, Sanborn, Jake Rathloff, and Braylon Allen all coming in. Allen, I would assume, is going to end up at inside linebacker. But I, I think – the loss of, of Reed is, is fairly big, um, but really in the, in the grand scheme of things, hopefully he finds a place that can, that can fit him, um, and hopefully he doesn't end up somewhere like Nebraska, who I know is also heavily involved with him in his recruiting process, but rather ends up closer to home in, in maybe in the Pac-12. Yeah, I thought maybe, of course, um, you know, being from Chandler, Arizona, I thought maybe there was possibly that type of situation where he wanted to be closer to home. Um, you know, that's, that's a long ways out there. It's a different world in Arizona compared to what you get in Wisconsin. So, um, I could certainly see that being a, a factor that way, but I, I like the point you made in, in terms of what you've got at inside linebacker. Uh, there's no doubt that Malik Reed is a, a talented player and, and people were excited about him coming out of high school and joining, um, you know, the Wisconsin roster, but there is a lot of talent in that room right now. You've got uh, some guys ahead of even those young guys, then you've got kind of that middle wave of, of young guys that have, have made an impact and then you've got the the really young guys coming in so there is depth there and it's not just you know it's not just random bodies there's there's talent there that you know so maybe that blow all it's always significant you don't want to see talented players leave anytime but I think Wisconsin can get by here in this situation and, and not feel um, you know a huge impact by this so uh, like you said I hope that uh, Malik Reed lands on his feet and, and gets to a place where he feels he can get on the field sooner and, and play a lot and then hopefully have a strong uh, collegiate career because um, there, there's no doubt that there was excitement about his recruitment and his announcement to, to come to Wisconsin so um, I, I think whoever gets him is going to hopefully get a player that uh, has learned from his experience at Madison but hopefully can take that to the next level and, and play and whether it be you know another school, a Pac-12 school, of course, that would make a lot of sense. But uh, we wish him the best, and we'll certainly keep an eye on uh, his future and where it ends up. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's he was really only on campus for one year. He's just a redshirt freshman. Um, if you're going according to the normal time clock of eligibility, so he's got plenty of time to to make an impact at a new school and with the new. Uh, one-time transfer waiver, he, he should be able to be eligible come fall. Um, but but really, overall, grand scheme of things, the Badgers are going to be okay. But it, but it is tough to, to watch a young guy who who had a lot of promise and that I know the staff was high on and was excited about um, kind of leaving. But I, I would assume that he, he kind of got a sense of where he was at in the pecking order um, after this first spring and, and kind of made a decision that he thought was in the best needs of himself. Yeah, and I mean, that that could be part of the situation where, where maybe that, like I said, the other side of the knife is maybe you've seen something from some of these other inside linebackers that uh, is making that position that much harder to get on the field, and you've got some young talent coming behind them. So 
two sides to, to every coin that way, and we'll see how that uh, room shakes out for Wisconsin as we move forward here. To kind of re- well, like I said in the beginning, we'll of course have a full spring practice um, episode that we're looking forward to in terms of grades, um, both on the offensive and defensive side. So just a little bit of spring football as that kind of wrapped up. We'll, we'll kind of talk about some young players who maybe stood out in camp. Who, in your eyes, was was a guy that really made a name for themselves and, and took a big jump up over this um, you know short spring football season? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's multiple like positions that you could look at, but but really, I think when you look at some guys along the defensive line and as well as the cornerback room, I thought made some nice moves. Um, both positions have new assistant coaches, which I think always gives you a little bit of momentum where you can make uh, bigger waves because you're going in with a blank slate. And Ross Kalaji at uh, along the defensive line s- said that. Um, Rodas Johnson was playing unbelievably. Um, Gio Paya saw a lot of time at, at both nose tackle as well as defensive end. I think both those guys could end up being um, the reserves or backups at defensive end, depending upon kind of everything else uh, behind them and the health of other players. And then um, also Alexander Smith and Dean Ingram. I thought uh, those two guys played really well, supposedly, and according to all accounts, had really strong springs. Um, Ingram has, has really just been a guy to return punts, saw a little bit of time on the field late last year, and then Alexander Smith's really been a special teams body as well. But it seems like under um, new cornerbacks coach Hank Poteet that they really put on a show and helped elevate that cornerback room because they needed a new guy, especially as that third cornerback, to, to help you out in the slot or, or, or pump um, – or jump, I should say, um, Hicks inside so that somebody can take the boundary. And, and really, I think having those extra bodies at cornerback, I think, is going to be huge because Wisconsin likes to rotate some of those guys. We'll see if Poteet likes to do the same thing. But really, overall, having depth at cornerback when you've got a couple seniors who are probably going to be gone after this year, I think that was really exciting, at least for me to hear, is that those guys looked really good. Yeah, I think those were the two names on the cornerback side that, that really, I think, kind of jumped out to me simply because coming into spring football, I don't know if those were the names you expected to hear, um, you know, had a, ma- had a big impact and, and jumped up. Um, there was other guys, you know, Dante Burton, you've got Deron Harrell, who's you know, a little bit older on the roster. You didn't, I, I guess I personally didn't think that it was going to be those two in, in Smith and Ingram that way, but I think that's a great get for Wisconsin because maybe you're getting a jump up from some players that I, I guess maybe weren't in the traditional picture of the two deep. If you can have those guys that are ready to play, and, and part of that, like you mentioned, is a new position coach, a new set of eyes, getting some looks at some of these guys and saying, okay, you know, maybe there was a situation before where just the cornerback room was, was seen in a different light. Now all of a sudden these guys are getting seen by, you know, Hank Poteet, and all of a sudden they're elevating their game. It sounds like he really trusts those guys. Uh, and I think that um, that quarterback room is going to be even better than, than what it could be going into the season. You already felt pretty good about it with Hicks and Williams, but you needed that third corner. Like I think Hicks moving in and someone else taking over on the outside would be good, or a situation where Hicks kind of stays where he is and they've got a new guy in the outside and in the inside to take over um, for Wild Goose that way. So I think that room ha- has really – um, taking a step forward, and I think can be even better than we originally thought. And then, and then I think the names that I were going to mention 
um, was the tight end room. I think we've seen some depth added from some guys there. Of course, you've got Jake Ferguson, but there was a lot of you know strong comments about Jack Eschenbach, Jalen Franklin, Hayden Rucci is taking a, a step forward in that tight end room. So to have a plethora of options and, and guys that do different things um, in that room, I think is going to be significant. Um, so I, I think when you look at, I, I'm glad that you said the kind of positions as a whole, because I think the defensive line, the cornerback room and the tight end rooms all had good jumps and will hopefully go into fall camp with three, four, five guys that can really make an impact and, and rotate and, and hopefully give this defense and in that tight end room on offense uh, a nice jolt that um, uh, both sides could really use. Yeah, the the tight end rooms definitely got a lot more depth. Uh, another guy, Clay Cundiff, supposedly had a nice spring. But and then the other the other kind of positions that I think you saw some some young guys step up was was wide receiver. Devin Chandler, Tim Ray DK supposedly had really nice springs. You you heard um, glowing comments about the work that they were doing. Um, you saw lots of tweets about them after after spring practices. And and then um, at safety, Preston Zachman, who who made a switch from linebacker to safety, he supposedly had a really nice spring too. So I think there's a lot of younger guys who took advantage of really for for each of these guys, people we talked about outside of the outside of I should say Alexander Smith. Each of those guys had basically their first spring. So this was a, a big moment for them, and and we've seen players use that spring practice to make it as a jumping-off point for the year following. A guy like Jake Ferguson, for example, we saw him redshirt his freshman year, have a really strong spring, and then, boom, he, he was tight end number one from there out. So I think this is positive momentum in a lot of positions, and, and a lot of young guys took advantage of the opportunity. Yeah, I think that the spring football season was, as a whole, really important for a lot of these guys. I like that you mentioned some of these guys being their first spring um, practice because again I know we, we say it a lot but this these these couple week sessions that you get are so significant in terms of growth there's not as much pressure that you have going into a season so I think um, a lot of guys benefited from that and overall it, it seemed like a very positive uh, camp for the Badgers and as they move into the summer conditioning and then into you know of course into fall practice it'll be significant that some of these guys made some strides and, and really improved themselves and going into this uh, upcoming summer and fall to, to really make an impact and, and jump up into that too deep and hopefully be playing a lot on Saturdays. This spring session is, is really important in that regard, and, and hopefully we can see some, some serious jumps from a lot of these guys as they continue to move forward. All right, anything else spring football-wise? Otherwise, we can get into the NFL draft. One thing I would say is um, kind of jumping back to the Malik Reed transfer, that does open up a scholarship for, for the Badgers. And I know we mentioned uh, last week that Ches Malusi, uh, the Clemson transfer running back, that's, that could potentially be a nice marriage there if, if they are able to use that open scholarship to bring in a, a quality running back to help the depth there. So that's just one thing that you can see is we talked about some of the young guys stepping up. We saw a young player transfer out and possibly open up an opportunity for a position that's in, in kind of desperate need of, of an, another body to help them out. Uh, that's a great point and something maybe you didn't originally think about, but um, you know, it's kind of maybe an addition by subtraction situation for the Badgers as they move into that. Uh, so good catch and, and good point by Matt there, and, and possibly Wisconsin beefing up that running back room, which is something I think everyone would be happy to see just given the way their uh, spring camp went as well. 
All right, guys, stick with us through a couple quick ad reads, and then we'll get into our NFL draft recap and discussion. All right, so the NFL draft has came and went. Of course, three Badgers landed via the actual draft selection, a couple others in terms of uh, signed as an undrafted free agent that way. Isaac, Isaiah Loudermilk was surprisingly, at least to me, the, the first off the board. You know, in our episode with Owen, we thought Rashad Wildgoose would maybe be the first one, depending on, uh, of course, each team has different needs and different fits that way. You, you thought Cole Van Lander was going to be a guy that was drafted, but Isaiah Loudermilk, I think, at least going into it, a lot of Badger fans and, and people around the program thought he was going to be one of those undrafted free agents that is signed, but instead he was a guy that was taken um, in the fifth round. Actually, Pittsburgh traded up to, to land a player like him, so they clearly liked what they saw in Isaiah Loudermilk, but um, you know it was certainly a surprise, at least to me. How do you think he fits in Pittsburgh, and what did you make of of him being the first off the board. Yeah, I mean, I love the fit for him. Um, like you, I was a little surprised that he went so early. I thought maybe he'd be like a seventh-round kid um, just based off of his traits and size that he brings to the table. Um, but really, when you look at the defense that Pittsburgh runs, that 3-4, they've, they've got like Cam Hayward, Stephon Tewitt, um, both those guys who, who are have been there for a bit. Um, so it's not going to be in a situation where he's going to be called upon to start or play major minutes probably right away. But you look at kind of what they do along the defensive line, and it should be fairly similar. He's a huge kid who should be able to help them out and, and stuff the run, um, possibly be disruptive in, in the backfield depending upon how they try to use him. So I think overall you look at it, it's, it's a great fit because they did trade up for him. That tells you that they see a need in the future for for a D-end or, or a D-tackle in that 3-4. But, um, you know, now it's just about making, making it happen for him because um, there's not a lot of depth behind those main two. Um, you've got, like, Carlos Davis and, and a couple other guys. But, really, I think he has a chance to, to stick on the roster and, and hopefully – Get some get some playing time down the road, whether it be um, in a couple years down um, going forward, or whether he can get in some special team situations ne- next year. Yeah, and I think for for Loudermilk, it's it's really going to be interesting to see where he goes in terms of you know I know coming into his pro day, he was kind of trying to get slimmed down and get a little faster. Um, whether he maybe puts weight back on to get a little bit more beefed up, depending on where they expect him to be at. But I think it definitely provides some depth. For Pittsburgh, I know the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers SB Nation site kind of was scratching their head at it, um, you know. And I was reading up their kind of draft recap selection. We're kind of puzzled with the draft, you know, the moving up to to grab Isaiah Loudermilk. But I think at the same time, if you don't, he's he's got such a small. I don't want to say small sample size because he did a lot for Wisconsin, but he was banged up. In, in Wisconsin, you don't necessarily have a situation where you are making a lot of big plays at the defensive end position. You're, you're kind of eating up blocks, what he does. So I'm excited to see where he goes and where he ends up. But uh, I think it's a good fit, and, and maybe he'll surprise some people around the, the Steelers um, organization. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he he's a, he's a great guy. He he's a hard worker. So as long as he can stay healthy and and be available, I, I anticipate that he should be on the roster for for a few years here at the very least. After Loudermilk, of course, the sixth round batters went back to back. First, Rashad Wild Goose to Buffalo, 
I think a situation for him where he could certainly, again, see some playing time early. I know Buffalo, I think in terms of fit, he sits really well there. He could be a guy that comes in as uh, maybe a, a rotation corner or comes in and plays a little bit of man. You know, that's kind of his strong suit. Um, so I, I certainly think that's a great fit for him as well. You know, at the top of the show, we mentioned fit for all three of these guys being pretty good. How did you see, um, you know, Rashad Wild Goose, and, and how do you think he'll he'll do in terms of getting on the field early in his career? Yeah, I think this is a really good spot for Rashad Wild Goose. Um, you look at it, Buffalo uses that four-two-five, which which means there's an extra nickelback out there that's constantly constantly playing. And so Wild Goose is really good in the slot. He's a really sure tackler, but he can also play on the outside as well at cornerback. So you look at kind of the depth chart in front of him, and he's got the ability to possibly do some jumping, get into some action. Uh, he'll probably be a reserve starting the season off, but it, at the same time, he, he's a kid who, who is talented. He's his, his got good size. He's, he's a good athlete. And, and really, he's the only corner that they drafted in this class. So I would anticipate that he's going to have an opportunity to see the field. Um, he, he did a lot of special teams work with the Badgers. So he's a guy that I would be shocked if he didn't make the roster um, right away and, and didn't, doesn't hang around for a while. I think that's a really good landing spot for him, given his, his skill set of being a really strong special teams player as well as being a, a really solid tackler and being able to play inside or outside, which is something that the Bills will utilize probably. Yeah, I think versatility is the word that comes to mind with Rashad Wild Goose. It's his ability to play, like you mentioned, inside or outside, be a guy that um, Buffalo can rely on, not only defensively but special teams. So in, in terms of depth, I think he gives them a lot there. I, I like that you mentioned that they didn't draft another corner that was a position where maybe they felt good about where they had him. Uh, in the round they had him and, and went from there. So I think in terms of fit, it's it's a great spot for him. He can do a lot of different things for them, and and hopefully he he jumps up um, and and makes an impact for his career early on. I know again at Wisconsin, again I don't want to say small sample size, but just you didn't see a ton from him in the short. You saw plenty out when he was on the field. I know he wasn't here for a long time, of course, declaring early. Um, but the Badgers, I think, had a really strong player, and I think NFL teams saw the potential uh, of a guy like Wild Goose to, to really make an impact on the field. He's a great open field tackler that's always going to play well at the next level. So I think for him, in, in terms of fit, it's a really good spot. And I, I would, again, as you said, be surprised if he didn't make a roster because he, he's just got the intangibles of, of being able to do many different things. And I think Buffalo was kind of looking for that, and, and hopefully – um, it's a good symbiotic relationship that works out really well. Yeah, I mean, you look at it and it's it's just fascinating because you don't you rarely see a Badgers a Badger corner leaving after three years. He he didn't redshirt. I mean, he really was only on campus for two and a half years before he left. So it's it's indicative of how talented he is as a guy who who is betting on himself. And the fact that he was still picked in the fifth round or a sixth round tells you that he's. He he was he's he's got talent and I think he will have a nice future in, in the league and especially starting off in Buffalo. Well, the following pick uh, after Rashad Wild Goose was Cole Van Lannon to the hometown Green Bay Packers, and we talk about fit for both of those two, Loudermilk Wild Goose. I think for Cole Van Lannon, this is I don't think there's a more perfect fit in terms of uh, of course Van Lannon being a Wisconsin guy, Northern Wisconsin guy. 
So that part is always – it's always cool to see Wisconsin Badgers either sign with or be drafted by the Packers if you're a fan of both teams. But I think in terms of roster positioning for the Packers, this makes a lot of sense as well. You know, he's a guy that has played tackle, can play inside a guard. So very versatile. Wisconsin, um, of course, kind of trains you for every position where he can be moving around. Green Bay is probably just looking for a guy that can kind of take on that role, possibly be a maybe a number two guy that moves around that way. So I think this fit makes you know 100% sense for both sides. But what did you make of Cole Van Lannon and his future with the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, I mean, for him, you you got to be pumped for him just because he grew up 10 minutes away from, from Lambeau. So this is – he can – crashed with his parents for a while if he wants um but uh you you look at the complexion of the roster for the Packers who I know we're both a fan of and the Packers needed to bring in linemen they went ahead and drafted three of them which which I think is is fairly telling but you look at it and really um him and him and John Runyon could probably do the Spider-Man meme and point at each other they're basically (laughs) the exact same story where they were both guys who played left tackle at, at college, Runyon at Michigan, Van Lannan at, at Wisconsin, and they're both kind of projected to bump inside a little bit. Van Lannan, um, it could play a little be a swing guy who can play inside or outside. I, I think really you look at it, and Cole Van Lannan's got a really nice fit here with the Packers because they didn't take another guard for in this group. Um, they did take a tackle in Royce Newman. Um, couple rounds ahead of him. So Royce Newman is probably going to be a tackle, but Van Lannan's got a good shot at sticking at, at guard and, and making the roster and, and possibly being a guy that can impact down the line. Because you look at, um, at, at Lucas Patrick, maybe he can, he can contend with him um, down the line. Maybe, maybe he can push John Runyon at left guard. So I think, I think Van Lannan's in a really good spot. And I think the familiarity of staying within the state, um, having a, a Fairly similar scheme, um, as well as the ability to to kind of just stay at home, know what you're doing, go in and and follow the, what other people are doing in front of you, like a John Runyon. I think will help him. So I think overall, really good situation for him. And, and as a Badger and Packer fan, this is this is exciting. Yeah, I mean the comfort factor of of being so close to home in your home state. I'm sure you're not having to most likely not having to, you know, go and find a place to stay and figure all that out. I think that could really benefit him and he can just, you know, focus on playing football. I mean, he's living every Wisconsin kid growing up dream of, of going to play for the Badgers and then eventually going to play for the Green Bay Packers. That's something you, you when it happens, it's pretty rare, but when it does, it's it's always a cool story. Um, so I think for him, it's it's a great fit that way. But also playing wise, I think the, you know, the Packers roster, the way it shakes out, um, he's got a chance to to really make an impact for this team, and and maybe you know early in his career, just come in, learn, soak it all in, and then you know down the road, possibly be a guy that can can be relied on in a lot of different ways, whether it be at the tackle position or inside a guard. So I think Cole Van Lannan, I know you know coming into the draft, and in, in of course last year maybe a higher pick, but for him to go to this, maybe it's a little bit later than maybe what he expected, but at the same time, you're going to your hometown team. I, I think he's got to be ecstatic with his situation, and I, I think Badger fans and Packer fans should be really happy with the pick because I think it's going to be a, a great fit on both sides, as we've already kind of mentioned. 
Yeah, and the Packers rely heavily on later round draft picks for the offensive line. You, you, I know they went ahead and drafted uh, Myers in the second round and Elton Jenkins uh, in 2019 in a, with a second round, but you look at the rest of the roster um, in that room and most guys are fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, or undrafted guys. So I think he's got a good future there, and I think that it's a really good spot for him to, to get his feet wet and hopefully uh, make an impact with the Packers. After the three draftees, Wisconsin, of course, had some undrafted free agents um, going. We'll start with Garrett Groshek. He is headed to Las Vegas. I think in terms of John Gruden and, and Garrett Groshek, the fit just seems to be there. It makes a ton of sense there. I'm, I, I know we kind of talked about it in the last episode with Owen of which one of these guys would maybe is going to make it really hard to, to, to miss them on a roster. I think Garrett Groshek is going to – really make a run at um, you know being a Las Vegas Raider when the NFL season starts. He's just a guy that's always had a chip on his shoulder. I'm sure John Gruden and the, the Raiders staff um, really liked what they saw from him in that regard. But also talent-wise, Garrett Groshek has it there. I, I've thought you know last year and the year before, he does some things that would really fit at the next level. So I'm really excited to see what he can do. But what did you make of him landing in Vegas? Yeah, I mean, I'm ex- extremely happy for him because I think Garrett Groshek is a guy that, like you mentioned, could could easily stick on a roster, especially if he finds the right fit. I'm just not necessarily sold that Las Vegas is the team that's going to be the perfect fit for him. When you look at the rest of their roster, you've got Josh Jacobs, who was a first-round pick in 2019. You've got Kenyon Drake, who's been in the league for a few years now, and, and Jalen Richard, and Theo Riddick. So they've got three different or four different running backs who are experienced, all have different skill sets, and that they use a lot. Um, so I, it's going to be hard for him to, to make Las Vegas' roster, but instead I think what's good is within the NFL, if, if you go out and you do well, you're going to have an opportunity somewhere. And so I, I think Garrett Groshek will be on either on a roster or a practice squad um, this time next year because because of his work ethic, because of what he can do both as a receiving threat, as a running threat, as well as a blocker So and in special teams. So I think I don't love the fit in terms of what's there on the roster right now, but I do like it, uh, uh, like it in terms of he's got Ingold there who, and who will be able to help him out and because um, Las Vegas – is willing to take a chance on a guy. You see a lot of their undrafted guys sticking around. So I think he's got a shot, but but I do think that Las Vegas is going to be a tough tough place to crack into. Yeah, I think that's a great point in terms of what they've got on the roster already. And, and hopefully, if that is the case, he can go in, make some make a name for himself, make some waves. Maybe if he doesn't land in Vegas, he'll, he'll do enough there to hop onto another roster. Because I think it's going to be hard to keep a guy like Garrett Groshek out of the league with everything that he does well um, in terms of a pass catcher, a, a pass blocker, and he can also carry the ball. So I think someone, whether if it doesn't work out for him in Vegas, I think uh, Groshek is going to hopefully find a home and, and be on a roster or practice squad and, and always be a guy that's going to be a tough cut. And you, know, you see those guys when you watch like hard knocks and stuff, I think Garrett Groshek could be that guy that everybody kind of clings to and, and loves and, and hopefully – they can uh, make a roster spot, but if not, um, I'm 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 thinking he'll find a home elsewhere. But uh, we'll just have to wait and see on that. Moving on down the line here, Mason Stocky lands in Carolina. 
Um, only fullback on the roster um, for the, the Panthers, so he's certainly got a shot if he can open holes in front of Christian McCaffrey and, and make an impact for Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers. What do you make for him in terms of fit um, in, in Carolina? Yeah, I think that's that's about perfect for him. He was, he was if not the top fullback coming out, um, the second fullback coming out. And so I think you look at Carolina, they, they lost their fullback this offseason or got rid of him, so they, they needed a replacement. It's, it's nice being the only guy that you're fighting with. Um, so hopefully he can he can impress and, and land a role there. I, I would think that with Sam Darnold being your quarterback, you're probably going to run the ball a bunch. So I, I like the opportunity there for him, um, especially with Christian McCaffrey running the ball, and they just drafted Chuba Hubbard. So I think you look at it, they are definitely leaning towards they want to run the ball. Having a good fullback, a guy like Mason Stockey will only help them out. So I, I love that fit for, for Mason Stockey, and I think he's a guy who, who will carry on that fullback tradition for the Badgers. Yeah, I would be I would be surprised if he isn't a guy that goes in there and makes an impact. And, and the, the nice thing for him is you're not having as much um, you know, competition on the roster. So I think he fits really well in that spot and can hopefully um, continue to open holes. You know, you, you've seen it with Alec Ingold was a really good fullback of Wisconsin, but seemingly elevated his game just because of the roster fit um, and, and where he was trying to be. So I think you could have a similar situation with Mason Stocky where he could really elevate his game and he, he's got some. Uh, if he can go in and open holes and help Christian McCaffrey, you know, do what he does. I think he'll get a lot of recognition as a, as a quality fullback. So the opportunity is certainly there in front of him. And, I, and Mason Stock is a talented guy that I could see um, making an impact at the next level. Moving on down the line here, Eric Burrell, New Orleans Saints. Um, of course, a guy that Wisconsin that always was just a playmaker, right spot, right time type of guy. Um, so Sean Payton takes a flyer on him. What did you make of his fit in New Orleans? Well, I love it in terms of he's going to have a guy that he can trust and, and kind of bounce ideas off with in Zach Bond, who he you know has a good relationship with. Bond's possibly going to be a starter next year after starting a couple games last year. So I, I think it's good. You you also look at it, and, and they have Malcolm Jenkins, who is, who's definitely a veteran, been there for a long time. So they don't have that many safeties in front of him in the depth chart. I think it gives him a shot to to possibly stick at the very least, maybe be a practice squad guy and, and work his way into onto the roster at some point next year, or have a shot somewhere else. So I think I think it's always nice to have a familiar face that you can talk with and and kind of learn quickly from. And having Zach Bond, I think, is really going to help him. It, it helps as well that the Saints like bringing in Badgers. So I, I think he's in a good spot, and hopefully it works out for him. Yeah, I think maybe if you're if you're a guy like Sean Payton in the Saints draft staff, I'm sure they got a, a good read and, and talked to Zach Vaughn about a situation where um, he could possibly, you know, you know, take a flyer on Eric Burrell and, and what he's got. So you can always kind of go through the trusted source that way. It could be a similar situation with T.J. Watt and Isaiah Loudermilk that way. That Wisconsin connection always works out. Um, for guys, so hopefully he can come in and and learn and and have that resource and bond to help him make an impact. And and who knows, you know, I know Eric Burrell has uh, made a lot of plays for Wisconsin. I know in terms of NFL draft, maybe he wasn't the first guy, not the fastest, not the strongest, but he's a playmaker and a guy that I could certainly see uh, making a run at an NFL you know career, um, you know, somewhere down the line. Hopefully, if it is in New Orleans, if not, maybe he can make a jump and in. Uh, similar to the Groshek situation, make a name for himself and move on down the line. So we'll see 
um, how that shakes out for him. Moving on down the line again, John Dietzen, uh, another Wisconsin offensive lineman um, going to Green Bay. Again, we've seen it here. The the theme of the Packers draft was going after you know offensive linemen that way. John Dietzen, we talked about last episode, a guy that is you know, really a tremendous story, battling back from injuries. Going to be a tough, you know, maybe a tough for him to to land on a roster, but a cool story nonetheless. And there were times where he wasn't even going to play football again, so for him to be signing and and getting picked up by an NFL team is pretty significant. So, what did you make of his situation? Yeah, it, it's it's a super cool story. The fact that he retired, unretired, came back, battled battled through injuries. I mean, he's one of the toughest guys out there. Um, I didn't necessarily know if he would land on a roster or have a have a shot, get an invite in. But for it to happen with the Packers is exciting because he, he's he's another kid. Just about 30 minutes from Green Bay is where he grew up, and and so hopefully he can take advantage of that and and really. He's a guy that it seems like everything that he's ran into, he, he's really just gone at it at full steam, whether it's injuries, whether whether it's um, coming back to football. So I, I think he's a guy who is a consummate teammate who, who will help him out. That gives him a good chance, especially in the NFL. Now it's a matter of him hopefully staying healthy, improve, and use that strength that he has to, to possibly make a roster or at least maybe land on the practice squad, which I think would help. Yeah, we'll, we'll certainly keep an eye on that and, and wish him the best. It'll be fun to, to watch as he progresses in his career. Um, like I said, just an awesome story nonetheless. Even if he doesn't make a you know make a roster or you know take a pro snap, just for him to be at this point is pretty tremendous already. But uh, I wouldn't completely count uh, you know John Dietzen out because we've seen him battle back and, and make a name for himself before. Uh, moving after that, Adam Bay, um, regarded as you know one of the top long snappers in the class. As of right now, I've been checking it pretty you know, consistently to see where he signed. I'm sure he'll end up somewhere. Um, we saw, of course, Thomas Fletcher of Alabama, their long snapper. You go in the NFL draft in a hilarious clip where he, he didn't know he was being drafted and was kind of confused about the situation with Matt Rule. But what do you make of his situation? Because I, I fully expected him to be nabbed up by now and, and certainly will at some point. Yeah, I, I was a little surprised that he hasn't gotten a camp invite yet. I, I think he will. I think it's just a matter of time. He he sent out a message, you know, just touting patience. So I think um, Baywatch is still in effect here. Hopefully, he can land somewhere because he he was he was a reliable player for the Badgers. And Wisconsin rarely used his scholarships on long snappers. They did that with Bay for a reason. And hopefully, hopefully, it pays off for him, and he can he can nab on with some team. Um, it's it's there's a lot of moving pieces in the long snappers. You're you're really looking at probably 32 in the league. So um, and, and maybe a few of that are sprinkled on practice squads. But but really, it he's just got to be ready at a moment's notice because teams might end up calling him right before camp because somebody gets hurt. And um, from there, it's all about availability and and just being a being a pro and so hopefully he gets a shot because I do think that he's got a good chance if he if he gets that initial chance I think so too I mean it's going to be a matter of time and and he's a kid that is he's got a good head on his shoulder from all accounts that we've heard so the waiting game will be there Uh, like you mentioned it's there's long snappers there's really 32 spots you hope that you never hear of them because if you hear of them it's usually in a, a negative light that there was a mistake so Adam Bay was was definitely that at Wisconsin, just a guy that came in, did his job, did it really well, 
and hopefully can latch on somewhere and, and step into that role at the NFL level because he's, he's certainly a kid that uh, did it well in college, and I think if you can go and, and snap it the way you need to at the NFL, you'll, you'll have a, a job for a long time. So hopefully he can uh, find a place that fits for him uh, well. All right, that wraps up uh, everybody in the draft class for the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed kind of this wrap-up of the undrafted free agents and the guys that went uh, in the fifth and sixth round in Loudermilk, Wild Goose, and Cole Van Lannan. So as I mentioned at the you know, early parts of the show, we'll be back later in the week to, to wrap up spring football. We felt it was best to have that in its own separate uh, episode that way. So looking forward to getting back with that. Thank you guys, as always, for listening on Wisconsin.